You already know that Illegal Pete's makes delicious, mission-style Mexican food. But did you know that Illegal Pete's uses its marketing funds to support Colorado creative talent that we love? We support the Denver Diatribe podcast, the Grolix Comedy Showcase, Rocky Mountain Roller Girls, the Yellow Designs BMX Stunt Team, Apex Movement Parkour Team, the Underground Music Showcase, and more. We even have our own record label, The Greater Than Collective, with albums by The Epilogues, Snake Rattle Rattlesnake, Esme Patterson, Ian Cook, and comedian Ben Roy, and a starving artist program that feeds out-of-town bands traveling in Colorado for free. Illegal Pete's. We're more than just a restaurant. So, let us put our food, and music, and comedy, and sports, inside you. Please. Please. Denver, Denver, I'm from Denver, 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 I'm from Hello, welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly podcast of news, culture, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado, the city with the highest cost of living between Casper and Farmington. I'm Jared Jacang Mayor. Joining me today at the Daniels and Fisher Clock Tower are co-hosts, Ron Doyle. Hello, Ron. Good morning. Uh, Josh Johnson. Hi. Good morning. And Joel Warner. Good to have you back, Joel. Thank you. It's nice to be back. Really? He brought us all Ebola. Yes. You were in Africa. Yes, I was. Okay. Well, maybe we'll talk about that later. But this week, uh, dogs at shelters suck at rocking out, welcoming Larry Flint to Colorado, and we blast through Colorado's ballot initiatives so you don't have to. Uh, But first, some housekeeping. Uh, Since I'm hosting this week, I'm going to go through corrections from last week. Because this is what I do. I just listen (laughs) to you guys going through your stories and take notes of of different corrections. So first off, the the Starbucks, the new fancy Starbucks, it's not in Arvada. It is in North Glen at 104th and I-25. That's not what they said. I've seen it with my own eyes. It's between the Best Buy and the Gunther Okay, well, talk to Denver Egotist about that because I haven't actually seen this thing. It it exists. Okay, all right, believe it. It's not an illusion. And and, and secondly, uh, you guys talked about the uh, dive bars closing. You were correct to say that the Rock Bar was shut down because of a issue with liquor licensing. Specifically, they have a hotel liquor license and they weren't selling enough food to uh, be able to maintain that license not shut but, down they have a month oh they have they have a month yeah, correction, see, I, correction on your correction, correction. <laughs> oh yeah, well they they, ha, they no, have man, a month to renew but for right now they're, they are closed governor. down they are not proceed el diablo though <laughs> el diablo though the uh yeah right jesse morial the owner of rock bars other uh bar there off south broadway was closed down because of a building permit issue, not because oh, of the okay. liquor license. By the way, issue. Jared, Jared's wearing his uh, school marm uniform right now, for those who can't see us at home. And, and he has ruler. his ruler out and, and he's uh, wrapping our knuckles. Lastly, I'm sorry, Joel, but you've been retracted. I've been retracted for good? Yes. Oh, well. We, we regret the errors. Am I covered in whiteout? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, no. Black Sharpie marker all over your face. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit about our live event quickly that we have coming up on Tuesday. Josh, give us the rundown because this is going to be at the Illegal Pete's in downtown Denver, but it's going to be different than some of our past live events, right? Sure, sure. It'll be a little different. I guess in the past, we've mostly had a sit-down kind of thing where you sit down and watch us do what we're doing right now. Yeah. This time, we're going to have it be more of um, an extended cocktail hours spiked with entertainment on the theme um, Love and Hate. We're calling it the Love and Hate Fest. So it'll be a lot more kind of people able to mingle and hang out, meet yeah. other cool Denverites. 
Yeah, we're not. I mean, Ron's going to be hosting, but we're not going to actually sit down and do a podcast like yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it's a party, not it's a podcast. A, yeah, so we're going to have, there's um, local actors, comedians, musicians who are all going to come and perform under the theme Love and Hate. Um, and for the attendees, we're actually going to, you can have the opportunity to record your own Love and Hate and more than likely we'll air it, so to speak. So that's this it. Tuesday, October 23rd. And what time does it start? <laughs> Six. Six to nine. Six to nine. So you can even come in seven or eight if you felt like it, and you'd still get. Yeah, you can come any, leave any time, come any time. It's not a be there ten to six. Yeah, the the one incentive to get there early is that we might be we're probably doing giveaways. uh, Yeah, might that might be time dependent. So we're figuring that out. Yeah. The big question, though, Uh Josh. (laughs) The big question is: Is this going to be off the hook? Yeah. Off, it, will it be off the chain? Uh, um, that's kind of dependent on the people that come. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean to, if it's the it's four of us off the hook in illegal pizza, it's <laughs> not entirely off. We might get arrested. It's not. But if everybody's off the hook, then it's, we have strength in numbers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I want some more excitement with that. I wanted you to be like, damn, yes. <laughs> I can't Phoenix. I have not had enough coffee yet. It's Joel, not. We're Joel, not can, drive you, time can you do your patented? DJs. What up? What up? There you go. Okay. That's, you, you may Joel, hear that. Joel will be off the hook. I'm off the hook right now. Yeah. yeah. It's like nine in the morning. Yeah. It's like these, these uh, you guys with families and kids and such, when you get, go out, it's like, whoa. Yes. Whatever time <laughs> you see your family, <laughs> somebody's been pent up. <laughs> yeah. And you'll see it, you, you will see it on Tuesday. So uh, come yourself. Tell all your friends. We'd really love to be able to hang out and meet you, and you can see what we really look like, which is always kind of awkward when uh, you've been listening <laughs> to someone's voice and you see them in person, and they're yeah, just like, it just, nothing d- like there's it. like this dissonance there that's just, ugh. I'm a lot thinner than you would expect. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, oh, one, one other quick thing. If you, if you go on our website, denverdiatribe.com, I've got a, there's a blog post up right now where you can download the original Illustrator file for all these web posters that we're making, and people are starting sub- to submit their own versions of these things. Oh, so that's yeah, the ones that, you've sent, that we've seen so far are awesome. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, love uh, a picture of Casa Bonita, hate a picture of Casa Bonita food. Uh, that's just a sample just of what's brilliant. going on. So it's fun. Yeah, yes. anyway, go on. Yeah, or you can, real quickly, uh, drop us a line at 720-282-YELL. And, um, yeah, record a voicemail, and uh, we'll, we'll probably play it on episode 100. Okay, first newsy bit. The, uh, there's a study up at CSU. There's an article out of the Denver Post that found out that shelter dogs prefer Mozart over Iron Maiden. And the story behind this is that um, researchers there at CSU uh, tried to see how shelter dogs would react to different styles of music and amazingly, shockingly, found that <laughs> dogs dislike heavy metal music and more prefer uh, classical music. Apparently heavy metal music might cause shaking and nervousness in shelter <laughs> I dogs. I think that's its intention. <laughs> shaking, like headbanging? Yeah, it's that's like what not you a big surprise, right? Yeah, right. So what would you make of this, Joel? I just like imagining these poor hound dogs being blasted with Iron Maiden for hours. At I mean, this is this is this is real hardcore science that we're doing here in Colorado. No. Fuck, uh, fuck the large what's it called the, the large Halden Collider. We, we large need to Hadron be, Collider. Yeah, Hadron right? Collider. Yeah. We need to be blasting heavy metal at at hound dogs. No, no. I, actually, the, and this was her study published in the Journal of Veterinary Behavior concluded that 
Shelters should avoid heavy metal given its, quote, detrimental impact it may have on a dog's stress and anxiety levels. So I don't know what fucking well, shelters. God, we well, you know, late, you know, late night, the cleaning crews coming through. They're doing their thing. They're rocking out. They're scooping poop. I would, you know, I'd rock some Iron Maiden to that. I think, I think they're unfair, unfairly isolating heavy metal. Did they try any other, like reggae? Yeah, did they, <laughs> did they try dubstep? Yeah, uh, dub, yeah dubstep. <laughs> that would have been worse. Well. <laughs> that would have been cruel and usual. Yeah, they would that. start running their heads. No, my, the okay. I, I, got, I have two questions. One, did they, did they just play the music out loud or did they have like little doggy headphones that they were wearing? Because that would be kind of fun to watch. And then I also like to juxtapose this whole thing with the, the classical music that they play outside of fast food restaurants downtown yep. to deter homeless people. And teenagers. So could uh, you... Yeah, I mean, the McDonald's uh, at the University Building on 16th Street Mall, they play classical music and the... They blast they, it from speakers they, out onto the street. And they claim this is to deter homeless people. So what I want to know is, is, this, is there an opposite effect? Does Air, Iron Maiden actually attract homeless people? That's a very uh, interesting question. Uh, <laughs> but this it, all reminds me of when... So the, if you have a they, shelter full of homeless people, if you blast Iron Maiden, it really calms them all down. <laughs> it calms them this down. reminds me of when we were um, trying to flush Noriega out of his compound with Kiss. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. Over and over and over again. Yeah. Perfectly timed, perfectly rehearsed rock. All right. Yeah. Next story. I'm glad we settled that once and for all. Thank you for that, Jared. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh... no, no, no. Thank you, Colorado universities, uh, for researching such important things. Uh, other important things in the news, guys, are uh, Larry Flint is coming to Colorado. He bought up Boulder's New Frontier Media. This is a... Um, well, I guess we'll get into exactly what New Frontier Media does, but he paid uh, his company paid thirty three million dollars. The infamous porno hustler uh, conglomeratron Larry Flint <laughs> is now in Colorado. <laughs> Yay! Is New Frontier Media a subsidiary of, of New Future Network? No, <laughs> our former, I don't. Our, our former, uh, our beneficiary, our former beneficiary. I don't think so. I think they would have been doing better if they <laughs> yeah. were part of New Frontier. I think we'd media. still have jobs. Yeah. So you we'd guys, be naked you right guys now. know what New Frontier Media is, right? I do. Does someone want to explain, Josh? It's um, they they're the ones who program the porn in hotel rooms. I don't know what porn is. Yeah. What, what is this thing? You porn, know, porn you know, is short you know, for porn. pornography. I've never heard of this. You know corn? Corn? It's nothing it's like delicious. that. Delicious. Well, but sometimes porn sometimes involves porn. German porn. German. <laughs> <laughs> yes, either they're using the corn or they're feeding it to the pig. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. And the, type of, and the type of porn that New Frontier Media would put out, you're right, it would be... Um, it's actually a, a really big company. I think it's shrunk its market share in recent years, but it's pu- publicly traded, a, you know, a huge campus there, I think, in North Boulder. And for people that work in um, video and television, editors, people like that here in Colorado, if you go and ask around, almost everybody has worked at one time or another at New Frontier Media going and just, like, editing money shots uh, day in and day out. Now, you sure. if you're, now, yeah, if you're in the I, video industry, it's where you go to get your feet yeah, wet, yeah. among other things. Yeah. I know someone who worked for and I think like, like his entire job, it was like taking out the money shots because these are, these are like the hotel. Oh, well, yeah, different so they, hotel right. chains have different levels, levels of what they can yeah. handle. But I think there was only just so like, he was editing them out just, for yeah, the Yeah, he would watch money class. shots all day long, and it was, sounds like it was the worst thing in the entire world. 
Yeah, and I was always surprised that New Frontier Media was located in Colorado. It seems like something, a company that would be located in LA, L- LA or where all the other big adult entertainment well, companies are. Well, they're not producing. They're yeah, not, they don't actually they, film here. They don't actually film. And, and as, I mean, I understand that, they're, I, that they're, they buy the rights for these films, that they're not producing They're snatching films them up. Either. Yeah. Some pun involved in what I just they're a, said. They're a middleman. Uh, yeah, so so folks a distributor. Like, like Sabina yeah. Sabina Lee, who we had on the podcast, the porn star here uh, yeah. in Denver. She she's not necessarily uh, her films are not necessarily being produced by uh, by these guys because uh, they're 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 getting stuff from elsewhere. Yeah. So you're saying it's kind of like a three way, a little bit. A yeah, little bit. I, yeah, you're right. Yes, a little bit. We're definitely not using enough du- uh, double entendres here to be talking. We're trying. About I, I'm trying. I, mean, I said snatch it up. That's about as good as I'm going to get. I, know, right I, know, I, I chose so to ignore that one. <laughs> someone who was a headhunter so, for them. So oh, a headhunter. Is this sort yes. of a is this sort of a hint that Larry Messy Flint might that. be planning right. to move? That Larry Flint might be planning to move to Colorado. Move to Colorado. He seems like an excellent candidate for someone to live in Aspen. Well, I mean, like I was guy. almost wondering if they would actually he, they would end up kind of closing um, the offices down here and kind of moving their assets and other things out to, to, oh. to Larry Flint's um, empire there in L.A. Uh, but it did say, at least in this in the, the articles that I've read, that they that he does intend to keep this office open. But I really wonder with New Frontier Media, like a lot of um, businesses in the adult entertainment industry must be really suffering. I mean, if you're doing pay-per-view porn, which used to be pretty lucrative for hotel rooms, it can't be that good anymore. I mean, with the internet and people able to stream anything wait, they want. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, there's porn on the internet? Yes. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, Joel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I had no idea. <laughs> None at all. So, uh, so Joel, how will you be welcoming uh, Larry Flint here to Colorado? Oh, I need a good gentleman on her. <laughs> uh, I, oh, not so quick on your feet I now, know, are yeah. you, Mr. Yeah. Funny Pants? Um, there, there's a double entendre right there. Nice job, Jerry. Ron. It came out of you without... What, what should we get It came out of Larry you Flint. without even trying. Um, uh, for Larry Flint, I think we should make sure to upgrade all of our uh, wheelchair ramps. Hand, uh, handicapped accessible. Yes, our handicapped that accessible might be one stuff. of his uh, advantages there. Yes. As, yeah. That, that would be my vote. Josh? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Are you I'm, happy to I'm, have Larry? What do you think of Larry Flint do you, as, a, as, a, kinda, as an individual? He's an interesting character to have around. I, you know, he he's, uh, has a $1 million bounty right now yeah. for anybody that can provide... Romney's tax return. Oh, yeah. yeah. Romney's yeah. tax return. Yeah. He always does find a way to kind of get into His the His name, he does. Medium. And that's a great way to do it, because who wouldn't be a whistleblower on that? I would. <laughs> I'd make if him I up. Had, I, if I I'd take a picture of a million bucks, I mean, lose the job within the, you know. Yeah, take it. I don't care. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> well, and if Larry Flint was to move to Colorado, yes. um, there's a new list out that shows uh, that Forbes did about the most expensive towns to live in in the nation and colorado has four towns on that list uh, that was a nice transition by the way that was an excellent segue thank you you for pointing that out yeah i want to make love to your transition can you guys guess (laughs) (laughs) can you guys guess what uh what four colorado towns made it to the most expensive list i know okay aspen joel Boulder, North Boulder, South Boulder, <laughs> South no, Central. South no, Central Boulder. amazingly not. Boulder isn't isn't anyone on the list. It's Seriously? not. Boulder Seriously? is not on the list. No, there's, oh, so there's three others. What? What? Which ones? Uh, Aspen yeah. was correct. Aspen was Aspen was correct. Val? Aspen. 
Vale? No. Oh, oh. Highlands Ranch. No. Well, close. Snowmass. Snowmass. Snowmass? Okay. Sure. Snowmass. Snow like, there's like seven people who live in Snowmass. No. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Those seven people all well, have Well, there's Snowmass and Snowmass Village. Apparently, they're two different zip codes, but they both um, are kind of in the mm. in the Vale area, and that's... And they're both on the list? They're both on the list. Um, so, Aspen, Snowmass, Snowmass Village... And, and one more. Cherry Hills And Village. Cherry Hills Village, That's of course. That's the obvious I one. didn't know... Che- See, I was going to guess that, but I didn't know that Cherry Hills Village was its own city. Uh, own city. Wait, where's I, Cherry I don't Hills? even know what I that is. I thought it was a neighborhood. It's, it's south, uh, like South Colorado Boulevard. Yeah, Greenwood oh, Village. Green, no kidding. Cherry North Hills of Village. Greenwood it's where Village. all the athletes live. It's where John Elway lives. John Elway, it's, uh, where, all the Avalanche, all the Nuggets. They all have right. these gargantuan mansions down there in Cherry Hill. The reason why Village. you don't know where it is is because the neighborhood is designed in a way that you can't get there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. go there, Josh, you you actually won't see it. All you see is planes, <laughs> planes stretching. But apparently, uh, nationwide, Aspen was only number thirteen on the most expensive, and it has a median home price of three point five nine million dollars. That's the median home price wow. in Aspen, what and it's dump. only it's only uh, number thirteen. And so, what's number one? Uh, let's look nationwide. Uh, it looks like. Some zip code in New York. I'm, I'm assuming that's going to be in the Manhattan Hamptons. or What's something the, like yeah, that. Yeah, or no, New York, New York. Yeah. And the median home price, oh, my God, I think it says it's $6.5 million. Wow. Yeah. Then it goes that's down amazing. to New Jersey. Um, a lot of uh, Wall Street-related areas, people sure. work in the financial industry. But, um, you know, we have Aspen. We can stick with that. Okay. Uh, so next, Aspen and its suburbs. Aspen and suburbs of Aspen. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, Larry Flint. Larry Flint. He's coming. He's coming soon. They're building wheelchair ramps for you, Larry. All the, way from, all the way from Boulder to Aspen. One long, long wheelchair ramp. <laughs> Is he bringing <laughs> Courtney Love with him? Yeah, and Woody. Ooh. Yeah, I know. See, I, I now have a very hard time of not picturing him as Woody Harrelson. Yeah. It's very difficult for it him. Makes him more fun. And, and I also have a hard time picturing him as not an American hero. Uh, wow. Because of the way he was portrayed in that film, The People versus Well, just Larry because Flint. he wore the American flag as a diaper. I think that's <laughs> right. really hard for you to get yeah, that, right. that image. He looks out more of like mind. Jabba the Hutt. If you actually <laughs> yeah, he does. He's Jabba in a wheelchair. <laughs> Which always made me wonder why didn't Jabba have a wheelchair? He, he should. should. He, needs, he needs mobility. All right. I'm sorry. So hover, he had a hovercraft. <laughs> so why would he need a wheelchair? <laughs> So, guys, it, it, you might want to start getting your game faces on because in a little bit we are going to be going through some of the ballot initiatives. I don't, there's no way for we me to so say We are so going to make this, this exciting. Uh, but, uh, so we'll go into a little bit more. We're going to try and make it fast and furious. Uh, but first, let's take a quick musical break, um, and we'll listen to Man on the Stairs by the local band The Classical. Here it is. Welcome back to the Denver Diatribe. That was uh, the band The Classical, their song Man on the Stairs. Um, a, a, little, a little spooky, a little bit, little bit Halloween-y yeah, for us. Yeah, Halloween-y. 
for us uh, this week. And I forgot to mention that uh, our sponsor, Illegal Pete's. All right, so this is a section I'm calling the 30-second voter guide. I had this idea pretty much yesterday while I was trying to figure out uh, what we were going to talk about today. I knew that I've been staring... Oh, Joel's, Joel's already doing calisthenics over here. Uh, been staring at the voter guides uh, on my coffee table for the last three weeks, knowing that I should delve into them. Uh, but then I started thinking... Everyone else, all of our listeners are probably thinking the exact same thing. These, uh, uh, these ballot questions are complex with legalese and other bullshit. So, guys, your challenge. Explain, one, what your proposed law does. I mean, we're gonna, each person is going to be assigned a specific initiative. Explain what it does. Arguments for and arguments against, but you have to do it in under 30 seconds. This is a ridiculous task. And I'm going to be timing you. With? I can do mine in seven words. Have okay. You, have you practiced? For and really. against. You have to do yeah. for and against. Okay. For and against? All right. Yeah, I can't on, do seven words. Just it's just going to have to be an overview. Yeah, you actually yeah, have no, to I help can, people. I can, you, I can, you can, you can, okay, you can so, so Ron, words, since you're so Ron. confident, I think you'll be going first. Oh, snap, dude. And after, after the person is gone, each of us will get to kind of drill them to um, figure out which big details they missed for a few minutes, and we'll kind of give our general take on whether or not to support it. So, Ron, you are going to be looking at the Denver Initiatives 3A and 3B. These are basically bonds to fund schools. Are you ready, Ron? <coughs> okay. Ready. In 30 seconds, starting now. It's going to pass. Get used to it. I'm done. No, okay, it's a it's $515 million uh, tax increase. Uh, one of them, 3A, is not actually a bond. It is a mill levy on property taxes. It's for $49 million. It's going to pass. Everybody loves it. It's for improving technology and for improving uh, tutoring and things like that in the schools. The contentious one, uh, 3B, is Three. a bond issue, uh, $466 million, and it's going to pass anyway. Oh, oh, there's no beeper. There's I want no my beeper. beep, 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 beep. Yep. Well, I didn't learn anything. I'm just going to admit it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm more confused. Okay, okay. I, can I have the blue book? Can I? Can you I? Can, no, you, let, you all right. Let me look at the blue book. So, so what, what? What don't you understand about it? Yeah, ask, ask me questions. Because all right. So anything. the first one, why is it good, and why is the second one bad? Why is three a the, good? The and why first is 3A one bad? is 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 not necessarily better than the second one. It's just significantly smaller. It's only $49 million, and it's a very small mill levy. Uh, What's a mill on, levy? A mill levy is an, a tax increase on property, property taxes. taxes. Okay. Uh, Why is it called mill? Per thousand, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a very small tax increase. It's for basic things like uh, taking care of tutoring, improving technology in the schools, some basic stuff that they, the schools need. For the kids. Uh, for the kids. The second one is $466 million. I mean, together, these make over half a billion dollars, so it's right. going to be a big deal. Uh, and, but the opposition is almost non-existent for both, so they're going to pass. So you might as well just get used to the fact. Let me give you this. Folks, if you own a home, you're going to have property tax increases of about $5 per month for every $100,000 uh, of value in your home. So if you have a, if you have a house that's worth $100,000, you're going to be paying an extra 60 bucks a year. Huh. That's it. The, well, the reason why 3B is sort of contentious is because it's, it's for major improvements in the infrastructure of the schools, for buildings and things like that. And uh, one of the things that they want to do is build a brand-new school out four miles away from uh, the center of Stapleton, uh, but only four miles 
away from Center Stapleton is also Manual High School, which has 900 vacant seats. And only five miles away is George Washington High School, and it has 600 vacant seats. So there are some people that are sort of upset about the $38 million that would be used to build a brand new high school when we have almost 1,500 seats available in current schools. But what makes you so confident that these are going to pass? Uh, because the opposite, there's nobody really opposing it. I mean, I dug really hard. There's, there are a couple, there's like a handful of about 50 people that are opposing it on Facebook. And there should be, where are the tea party people? There, there's, there are very few people. There's really one guy that's pretty vocal. There is a no on, there is absolutely no opposition to 3A that exists. But if I you mean, look you don't in have your, to if have you look organized... in your, if you look in your little blue book that the, that at... the city government sends out, there is no written, uh, uh, um, no written uh, opposition, opposition so no one stood up for it. But, to either one. But it's huh. a tax increase, so you don't necessarily have to have organized opposition because people don't will like look at it tax. and they see yeah. that even if it is for the schools... The taxes these are, are pretty big right now. There's a, you're, as you know... I mean, yeah, yeah, it's true. I, I, think, I think Denver will still vote it through. I really do. I, I, it is Denver. It is Denver. Uh, Denver's this, never seen a tax increase that they don't want to vote for. There, there are an 11. We've had a huge increase in the number of students, and uh, they need to take care of those students and find a place for them. They need to, they need to, one of the big things, one of the reasons why I think 3B is going to pass is because in the list of things they're going to do is they're going to provide cooling solutions for all of the schools that don't have air conditioning. That'd be nice. Uh, which is... Absolutely necessary. Sprinklers. It's, it's long overdue. The average, uh, the, the average Denver public schools uh, school is fifty-five years old, and they're just falling mm. apart. So it's time. Okay. Well, let's move on. To that the was next way one. more than thirty seconds, bud. No, he got he got. No, the this time. was the follow-up. This was the follow-up. Part of the banter. format. You didn't get oh. the memo, dude. Why you got to listen to the moderator? Yeah. And that's why you're going to go up next, Joel. Amendment sixty-five. This is a unlike the just specific Denver initiative that Ron was talking about. This is a um, amendment to the Colorado Constitution. Amendment sixty-five Can has I just to say do it's with ridiculous. We have sixty-five to, amendments. Has to do with uh, campaign contributions. Uh, so, Joel, you have thirty seconds starting now. In 2010, uh, the Supreme Court passed the Citizens United which said that because of free speech, um, corporations and unions could pay as much money as they want for political advertising. Amendment 65 would instruct Colorado's elected officials to ratify a constitutional amendment that would allow Congress and other states to once again limit campaign contributions, doing away with the ruling. Um, for it is that officials uh, should be able to limit spending. Beep, 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 beep. Okay. Sorry. No, finish your sentence, though. Finish it. No, Go that's ahead. it. I'm done. No, finish your sentence. <laughs> I'm done. No, it was a big sentence. It's important. Say it. Say it. Actually, start over and say it again, because it's okay. sort of the point. For it, people say that there's too much money in politics. They should be a way for government officials to say you can't spend this much money, uh, big evil corporations. The people against it say it's censorship, especially it's censorship by politicians to censor the speech that criticizes them. Also say that you can't instruct officials to... Um, to vote for something if they are personally opposed to it. And third, as Jared put it, it is a, a liberal feel-good initiative that doesn't really do anything because he's a bum. It's making a grand <laughs> statement, right? It's just yeah, yeah. So, so Joel, what does it actually do? Though? Okay, I mean, the, the, it doesn't the, do it. No, it tells Colorado's officials that. That so they so our, ratify, our representatives, our yes, senators, that the, and, that the yeah, people of Colorado, that the U.S. that the U.S. Congress people should push forward. A constitutional amendment, which then the state legislators will ratify, which will say that elected officials 
can control campaigns, okay. um, contributions. So it's not like it overturns Citizens United, which not is a Supreme, Supreme Court Court's decision that has to do with federal elections. Right. This does, because if that was to be overturned, it would have to be the um, U- U.S. Congress and Senate that would have to pass a constitutional amendment at that level. But this... No, this is what this says. It says that the U.S., that our U.S. representatives yeah. would help to push forward a federal amendment it's yeah, kind of so, like so they, when so they would be they would be they, it instructs them yes. to then go to washington and say yes. we want to vote to overturn this basically United. just gives a to-do list to all elected officials is saying that hey we as colorado people want you to do this we want you to find a way to do away with uh the citizens united decision we, which actually is incredibly unpopular it must be one of the few things these days that basically everyone agrees kind of sucks okay so except my dad for some i'm reason. i'm I am I'm liberal. I like to feel good, but this seems absolutely ridiculous as a an amendment to the Colorado Constitution. Am I am I wrong for feeling that? Yeah, I, and, I and this is what I don't understand like how is it that we can, you know, as the voters, we we elect um, you know, our federal representatives, our US representatives, right? Yes. And they're supposed to be representing us already. Why do we why do we need to all of a sudden pass this amendment to the Constitution? Does this thing actually force them to do it? Like if um, Doug Lamborn wanted to say, no, I don't want to vote for it. So then can we impeach him? Can we do that anyway? It doesn't seem like it has any It's like when, It doesn't. When, That's why they use the word instruct. When, alt, mandate. when alt yeah. City Council voted, or it was actually Fort Collins, voted to impeach Bush. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, this is what we feel as a community but and that it was one of the points you know and that's more of a of statement of the U, you know of the u.s representative system they aren't saying that your representative has to you know has to follow every single thing you tell them you you've chosen this person as your delegate and if you don't like yeah. their choices then, then the you next, vote them out yes so you can't you know i mean i guess at the very least it's a way for Colorado voters to have a say on um, this Supreme Court Citizens United decision, even if it doesn't, you know, have that direct effect. But it's also going to demonstrate the will of Colorado voters. So if um, conservatives <laughs> that, that uh, different districts have elected go to Washington, D.C. and decide to uphold Citizens United and that um, unlimited campaign spending, then someone could say, well, you're going against the will of Colorado voters because of this Amendment um, 65. Do we, do we have a, a sort of a bead on whether or not this is going to pass, the, the polls? If you look at um, the, the – uh, go to the webpage and look at the folks who are supporting it, it's a pretty weak list. Okay. It's like the far liberal feel-good the, the folks that are supporting it. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. I think we can say that if you are concerned about money in politics, if you are disturbed by the amount of um, unlimited spending that is flooded into places like Colorado because it is a swing state, yep. then, um, you know, you can vote it's for this. It's not going to hurt anything. It's not going to... Yeah, no, voting I, for it is not going to do anything bad. I mean, that's, I think that's a good point. I mean... Even if you think it's not going to do much good, it's not going to, like... And even if this doesn't pass, it's, it's not going to have any say on whether or not um, ultimately our representatives do decide to vote it down. I mean, they can still decide to um, vote to overturn Citizens United. Sure, sure. Okay, Josh, you're you're studying 
very <coughs> dutifully over there because so you no are doing done it yet. Amendment no, 64. I signed this especially to you because this is the big one. This is the legalizing marijuana. Jared, before we amendment. get to marijuana, can yeah. I just say this is the least boring uh, political conversation we've had in a long time. Okay. Good job. Bravo, <laughs> Good. Bravo. Thank you. This is, nice. this Thank is you. really hard. Well, 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 it's well, really hard to get it down. I a 30 second challenge is impossible. 30 seconds. If you for, go, are you saying that now? No, no, it's his turn. Okay, Josh Johnson. Hold on, Amendment Josh. 64. You have 30 seconds starting now. Amendment 64 will do basically three things. It will permit personal use and regulation of marijuana for 21 and over. It will legalize commercial cultivation, manufacture, and sale of marijuana, and it will legalize industrial hemp. People for it say it is, uh, will promote efficient use of law enforcement resources. It will provide public revenue, independent freedoms. Um, people against it say that it harms kids, it conflicts with uh, federal Four, law, and it increases use of marijuana three, and impairs two, increased use of impaired driving. One. Boom! Oh, my God! That's amazing! That 30 awesome. seconds. That exactly. Awesome. That, was that was brilliant. Awesome. Gosh. Okay. You did I'm not... I'm shaking. <laughs> <laughs> God. You did not. It's the most nerve-wracking thing we've ever done on this show. <laughs> yeah, you did not smoke marijuana for that. Yeah, no. yeah. He's he's drinking no. coffee. Um, he might have done some meth. The amendment. Uh, <laughs> legalize it. Legalize it. Legalize it. Pick it. Pack it. Fire it up. Come along. <laughs> vote for this amendment. But that. Okay. But that's what's so funny about um, Amendment Sixty Four because. Uh, the polls show that it actually has a lot the of The largest support, poll right? done, which was September 9th, finds that 51% of uh, those polled support it and 40% are against it. Yeah, I actually think it's going to pass. I think it's going to yeah. pass. Why, why, why this year, though? Because we've seen legalize it efforts in past years, past decades. Not medical marijuana, but just straight up legalizing it. Yeah, why this is this regulated year? differently than medical marijuana. The way that medical marijuana is regulated will stay the same. So yeah. this is an entirely a different thing. And I think that a lot of it is, is that there's an excise tax on wholesale um, that's going to be up to 15%. And uh, the first $40 million of, of the funds raised from that will go to the public school capital construction assistance fund. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of folks... So that's why they're selling it is grow yeah. pot or smoke pot for the kids. Smoke pot for the kids. Get some taxes. Right. I think people are seeing it now as a revenue-generating source. That right. Sure. We, I, we've already established that it's something that sells well. So why right. don't we sell it to everybody and make money off it? I also think it's because it's a presidential election year, so there are going to be more people out voting, specifically yep. liberal voters who tend to sort of not go to the polls. Uh, they're going to be coming out for this election, so it has a better chance of voting they this year. Purposely actually, they actually purposely chose this year because yes. that's what they said. It's also a year where there's sort of, uh, you know, there's a big transition period going on, and there's a lot of people that are hopeful that it's going to be a more liberal uh, but but here's what's interesting about Colorado congressional because world after is w- because we have such a um, among conservatives there's such a libertarian strain. Yes, there's as many it. conservatives out there. Probably not as much as your your dyed in the wool liberals, but conservatives out there that look at laws like this and say they see it as unfair government regulation on uh, something that should be an open market. Yeah, right? yeah so that's part want- of the that's part of the independent freedom argument. And and I I actually didn't follow through and read the article, but when I was researching this. Um, the headline read that that um, that churches are split on whether to support yeah. this or not. So, I mean, if you th- if you think that churches tend to be more of a bastion the, of, of mean, conservatism, they're, that they're even split. I, yeah, I've heard I've heard that you know there's some conser- libertarians that are against uh, that are against this, as well as uh, folks who are pro marijuana legalization 
that are against it because it does not contain language that allows people to grow their own. And it does. You it does. Up to six plants. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You they, can, a, a person, a, a personal use for non-medicinal yeah. reasons can um, you can possess up to one ounce and up to. Six well, six before plants. we move on, Joel, I want to ask you about this because in terms of the regulation in this amendment, how different is it really from the medical marijuana laws that are already in place and the regulations? You need an ID. This is to me, yeah, no, yeah, this, this to me is, is one of the really fascinating parts. I think one of the things, one of the arguments that was strong in, say, California when they looked at legalizing a couple years ago was that it's going to be chaos, that there's no statewide system in place to handle this, and I think it was a good argument. What happened here in Colorado uh, two years ago, I think, was actually really key to someone like this passing, which is when the state, looking at the growth of medical marijuana, went back to legislature and created new statewide rules about how this whole medical marijuana system worked. They made a big change, which was they moved all of these quote-unquote dispensaries from the Department of Health to the Department of Revenue. Revenue. And I don't think you would ever get any of these politicians to admit this, but it seems a really savvy move preparing for someone like this because literally now the rules they have in place for medical marijuana, yeah. it, they aren't really medical. It, you know, it's, it's the Department of Revenue. It's basically, it's basically run like the liquor laws. Yep. Right. Yes. And the state already tracks every single point of the medical marijuana system from where the plants are grown to distribution system, they, they would attract the whole thing. It's already in place. So literally, like, all they're going to have to do now yep. is remove the word medical. And yeah, yeah. And, so, and, you don't and so so much of what is in this, in this amendment, I mean, there might be a few differences, but it really just builds on the back of the laws that, and, and regulation infrastructure that already exists for medical marijuana. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's pretty it's basically the honest version of the medical marijuana and, bill because and, and it's what's the, going on anyway. Yeah. Now, now one now of the major differences is that medical marijuana isn't taxed. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. and then this is going to be taxed. It is, so it there's isn't all this, directly taxed, it's but, not but the businesses. Taxed. If the you want to open a dispensary, oh yeah, there's their revenue. Their revenue is is taxed, but as a business. But this is between the distributor or, or the the manufacturer. It's and um, the distribution point. There's a going to be a tax specifically like there are with cigarettes and booze on the product itself. Now, let's also be clear. Like, it's not as if like the day after this passes, everyone can go run down the street no. to their dispensary and go be no, buying they their have, local kush. It's the General, General Assembly has a July 1st, 2013 deadline written into this to have built the, the regulations and infrastructure on how to And it also, how it to also tax does not place. mean you can go out and start smoking pot in public. I no, and, yeah. and one of the, you know, the against arguments is that they say um, that it misleads the, the pot users. So if, if, if yeah. this does go through and, and you go and you buy with only your license, not with a um, prescription, go buy pot and start smoking it, the feds can bust yep. you. And, that, and that's Correct. the biggest fact that um, people opposing this, mainly law enforcement community and others bring up, is that it's still against federal law. So if Colorado was the first state to put this forward, even, even though it is you know, highly regulated here, you are still putting um, the state at risk. Um, yeah, and, then, and it's, what's interesting is that about that also is, like, let's say we pass this and then Romney wins, because Obama has actually explicitly stated an, an, a directive of, of don't go after pot that let the states regulate pot. Yeah. So the DEA is not actually... I mean, there's probably ma mavericks within that aren't listening to the president, but 
If I mean, if this goes through and Obama um, yep. is president, Obama's mandate is let the states figure out pot. Yeah. And focus on meth and more more destructive drugs. Okay. So legalize it. Yep. Bra- meth. Yes. It just <laughs> sort of makes me wish I still smoke. It's I say at this point legalize it because it's harder for me to get pot now. <laughs> because I'm not a I'm not a medicinal person, like I don't have the license. Yeah. And I used to just you know, know people, but now it's like you have to buy it from there's no black market for it anymore and you have to buy pot from somebody that has a license and they're always like, Man, Man like you're, you're gonna give me in trouble. Like you like you feel like you're bugging them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, let, let, let's move on because we have one more that I'm going to do. Oh, oh yeah. how the tables have turned. And uh, this is the, the most uh, Joel, you you technical and boring one. one. I got it. I got it. Two A. This is a Denver initiative, not a statewide one, but a Denver <coughs> ballot measure uh, to debruce, quote unquote, debruce Denver city budget. Okay. Ready, set, go. So what uh, what the two A measure does is that it lifts. Uh, it allows the city of Denver to opt out of certain taxing restrictions um, that have been in place in Colorado's constitution under Tabor. This was a law passed in the early 90s seconds. that uh, said that cities would have to return certain revenues back to the city uh, or back to the citizens. The city will be able to now use that revenue and put it back into Three, schools and allow them to uh, debruce themselves. That was horrible. That was horrible. That was what awful. was that? That was that, I. Don't, I don't know. I was so I was so like entranced by your guys's uh, answers. And you got nothing, I think Josh. And, it's, this is this one's pretty difficult. You, got, <laughs> you gave yourself the it's hardest preparation, the hardest preparation, so. preparation. <laughs> God, you can't come here and do the thirty second <laughs> challenge unprepared. Yeah, you trained with Romney, didn't you? Okay, so. Uh, measure 2A, yes, it would allow the city of Denver to be able to keep uh, revenues that it, that it makes and not return it back to the citizens. So let me, can I, uh, all right, so basically every year up until now, the city has been collecting taxes that it can't spend? Every time there's a surplus in taxes, meaning that uh, there's more revenues that have come in, that it's things being spent, what the Tabor Amendment does, um, among other things, is say that cities have to return that back to citizens. They can't keep it within their coffers. Yep. Uh, the state and the city has, uh, you know, politicians and people looking at the budget have really hated this because what it means is that in difficult economic times, when you are running a deficit, you don't have any, um, you don't have any of that money that you made in in the good years, right? Yeah, you don't have any. Of that and what savings. this would do. Uh, is allow Denver to sort of get out from under that provision. About 85% of Colorado cities have done this. They've, quote-unquote, de-Bruced. Um, who and, is Bruce? Uh, Douglas Bruce, who is we've he, talked about is before. He, is he Canadian or Australian? <laughs> I don't know where, what Douglas Bruce is. Uh, he, he might be a Martian, as far as I'm concerned. But, He's uh, been sent to just wreak havoc on Colorado for, for years upon years. And this would be Denver's effort to get out from under that provision people for it say um this is uh money that we really need we've had a lot of hard economic times this money will go to pay to repave roads uh to schools to firefighters all these things or a lot uh, expand library hours because the city has had to cut back so much um people against debrucing say you're you're making this a permanent uh a permanent thing it's not a temporary thing so what, what this will be is a in, in effect, a tax increase 
uh, for Denver's uh, property owners and businesses uh, going forward. And the reason that we have these measures in Tabor is to give uh, citizens the ability to have um, a say, a direct say in how their budgets work um, uh, at the city and state level. I guess I, I guess I didn't realize that that revenue surplus was such an issue with municipalities. I thought that there was operating in a deficit. Well, they, they have right. been. They are right so, now. They're saying when things get better, we want to be able to keep the money that we get. Uh, okay. So, I mean, if this goes through, it doesn't mean there's going to be more money available immediately. This it would mean this, this was, I guess, that uh, this fiscal year was the first year that Denver actually does have a surplus. Oh. First uh, time in, in several years. And yeah. they, they're going to have about um, $68 million that they, if this passes, that they won't be returning back to taxpayers, right. but instead be able to use for these um, things that they want to do. Right. And by returning back, do they send you a check or do they just give you a credit on your next following year's taxes? It's a credit. Yeah. It's a credit on future just taxes. Just to make sure folks understand. Uh, you don't so get a check in the mail. George Bush that. sent me a check in the mail. Oh, <laughs> Georgie. Back in the day. Georgie Pye. Did you appreciate that? I did. I don't think I got one. Really? So I mean, I guess it comes... The, the main thing about this is that why, why cities and politicians have hated this so much is that it really puts what they describe as a vice grip on budgets, right? Yeah. During the good years, during good economic times, when you have surplus, you put those into rainy day funds to be able to have those um, to have that money for when uh, to when the economy goes bad and, sure. and taxes fall and property taxes fall. Um, because of the Tabor Amendment and this particular provision, city, the municipalities, counties, the state, they haven't been able to do that. So when the hard times hit, like they have um, since 2008, it um, you know, forces a lot more pain and cutbacks uh, for, uh, for the city. Yeah. Uh, now, so. I've, I've heard opponents saying that their big problem with this is that all those things that they list off that sound wonderful, like we're going to hire more police officers and cops, we're going to... Uh, do good things for the schools, we're going to increase library hours, that none of those things are specifically earmarked, uh, that they are not actually included, and that they could spend the money however they choose, and people are afraid that it's going to get spent on something else or mismanaged. Yep. Um, that, and that's a, I, I was just wondering if, if you've heard that's true or not, if it is. Well, it is true because the other part of Tabor that, you know, are the reasons why we're talking about things like... Uh, uh, the 3A and 3B, Ron, is that when they do go to actually raise taxes, they actually have to go to the voters. Yeah. That's the other part of Tabor. And, so the, and then when they go to voters, they have to have specific things, specific items that they are going to um, pay for with, this, with a particular tax increase. Uh, so one of the things that opponents point out is that, okay, so you're going to be permanently debrucing, so you're not only going to be... Um, taking more money out of taxpayers' pockets. But then if things like 3A and 3B pass, well, that's, that's also a tax increase. Correct. And so, um, you know, property owners are going to see a much larger bill in coming years if all these things pass. Yeah, I, I heard if everything passes together, it's about $250 a year for a household, a house that's worth $225,000, which is the median value of a home in Denver. Joel, do you have any um, take on this one? Do you think it's a good idea, debrucing? Sure. Yeah, I'm all for taxes. E taxes. <laughs> it's taxes. I'm already for taxes. I mean, I'm for it. I'm for it essentially because I think that you know, the city should have it, 
decide how to use its money on its yeah. own way. I'm, we I'm, do live you know, in cities, I mean, and I mean, I mean, there's a reason we live in cities. It's for, you know, it's for the benefits of being in a city and the structures there. So why don't we, you know, give we give the city we live in the flexibility to actually use the money yeah. that's made anyways? Right. I'm I'm just opposed to the library hours. I don't think we need 48 hours a week. I love the library. Don't get me wrong. I'm a heavy user, uh, but I, you know, I've adjusted to the new schedule and it's fine. So you think that the there library are starving, hours? Are, I, there I think are starving I think starving librarians out there, Ron. <clears throat> I know, and that's I, it seems very harsh, but I think there are ways that they could spend money on the library that would be better than just increasing the hours. I that think the, the library, library hours open. suck. Yeah, it there's is been the so many times no, where horrible. I've showed up. I do work at downtown. I do work at home, so I have a very distorted yeah, understanding. I always, yeah. Whenever I want to go to the library, I have to ask Siri, uh, like, what's, <laughs> what are the library hours? Siri is my and library. And she always open? says. Oh, I'm glad you're reading, or something. She has this like, really, like she knows she. This is what she says. You're going to the library. Good for you. Wow, that's what she says. And, and here, she and here the, are the hours. Does yeah, Siri no. get the library hours correct? Because they're always she, changing. Well, I haven't gone, and and they've been closed when Siri's so Siri closed hasn't been open. To, hasn't cl been to clarify, been I think the library could use more staff and improvements to the buildings and improvements to the technology they have available. Uh, but I, it's only the hours that I take issue with. But again, like I said, I work at home, so I can go whenever the fuck I want. Okay, well, that is your rundown of all the different initiatives. There's, there is one more state initiative. Um, what is it, <coughs> S or something yes, like that? S. It has to do with... with uh, Amendment S. It has to do with personnel, state personnel. State let's, personnel. Let's not even get into Yeah, it was too boring. Okay. You guys can figure that out yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go read up. Just don't vote for it at all. Just don't vote we didn't, yes. We don't, didn't understand vote, it, so no. we skipped So it. if there's anything it. that we missed and you want to do your own corrections of everything that we just said, <laughs> it might be a long list, please, please do call uh, uh, 720-282-YELL. Leave your... Um, you know, retract us as much as you want. Oh, um, under 30 seconds. Under, th under 30 seconds, we'll time you for that. And go to DenverDiatribe.com, email us, tell us on Facebook, Twitter. Um, we just want to hear back from you. So, guys, let's go out with some loves or hates. <clears throat> Josh Johnson. Um, I got a love this week. I'm moving to the coal neighborhood, so I want to love on the coal neighborhood. It's gonna be Hot dog. What is the coal neighborhood, Josh? It's I, it's over by five points. C O A L C O C O L E. No one's. I've never. I haven't found anybody that's actually heard of it. I've heard of it. No, yeah. we heard about it. We oh. talk, we talked about it on the podcast. Joel we, just we likes to feign ignorance. Right. Is like but my real love is that um, Denver Post reported last Friday that there's an old brick building at Thirty Third and Arapahoe and Five Points that they're redeveloping to be a food hub. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be 30 international development nonprofits, and Denver Urban Gardens are going to have their home there, and there's going to be an indoor farmer's market. Is it called The Source? Is, is that I don't, the do you know, they don't I don't, I, I've been wondering yeah. about that. Round? Is this the same yeah. thing as The Source? Because I read I, You that know, article. they're very vague about it right now. Year-round is, is a good question. Um, I don't think <clears> um, immediately it's going to be year-round, but that they're yeah. going to have an indoor storefront, you know, glass window in this massive Like building. we've talked about saying but, we want it. God bless them. But they say the renovated building will be home to a community center for the burgeoning food security movement. Yeah. And uh, There's another place called The Source that I know is opening, and I'm wondering if they're the same thing. The Source is going to have uh, a similar indoor market it, uh, and have crickets. There's going to be a large commercial kitchen for healthy cooking demonstrations and nutrition classes. God a bless demonstration them. garden. Huh. Sounds great. Seasonal, seasonal farmer's market that accepts uh, snap Benefits. Well, by joke, now, now I really do believe that coal is a white neighborhood. 
as we discussed. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was they, the most recent census data for colas in 2000, it was 5% non-Hispanic and over 70% Hispanic. And I, I think in the last 12 years, it's obviously changed. It's but, changed. It's now but it's And you're definitely non-Hispanic. I'm very Okay. Well, uh, Joel, what's your love and hate? I have a love or potential love. I have, I have a friend from back east <laughs> who I grew up with who's been big in the Boston scene with different food events. His big event is the Boston Bacon and Beer Festival. Whoa. It always sells out immediately. It goes to, the money goes to local charities. He's expanding. His first city he's coming to is Denver, hopefully. So this hey, December, hey. if all goes well, there will be a Denver Bacon and Beer Festival. And I will be there, wrapped in bacon, slathered in bacon. Any, any, any clue on where they might be looking to have it? or um, just Pepsi it's, Center? Yeah. More details to come. Okay. More details. Bacon and beer. Ron, what's your love or hate? I am going to – so we went to, I went to see T.J. Miller last Friday. I went to the Merrill Wiles Benefit. That was a great show. The grapes are rad. So I want to love on T.J. Miller. Uh, he did a good job. It was very nice. He was actually in town also campaigning for 3A3B. I love on that. I'm going to love on T.J. Miller's mashup, his new uh, show on Comedy Central. It's really funny. And I'm going to hate on his other, his web series called Goreburger because, I'm sorry, it's just too weird for me. I'm trying. I want to like it, but I can't. How many web series can one guy have? That's what I'm wondering. As many as you can make. As the internet is do. infinite. <laughs> the internet's for porn. All right, so my love... Um, it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit generic, but I was um, checking out the Colorado Supreme Court building, which they're fastly finishing there near Civic Center Park. You guys know which one I'm talking oh, yeah. about. Oh, yeah. It used to be the really weird building from, like, uh, the look super modern where one – it was across the street from the library where one end was – Yeah, like, it was banked. the old Colorado History Museum. And then the end that looked like a big stool, that was the Supreme Court building, and they've uh, totally rebuilt it. And um, I just enjoy how it kind of fits in with – the Civic Center Park, and when you kind of look at it, it seems to like bookend that end of the. It's really uh, park nice. Really well. Looks like it should be in DC. Yeah, it's it very looks stately. like a proper Supreme Court building. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that it really fills out that um, that end of the park. So that's all the love and hate we have for this week. If you'd like to share a little of your own love and hate, please leave us a message at seven two zero two eight two yell. That's seven two zero two eight two nine three five five. Our theme music is by TJ Miller from his extended play EP, and our web hosting is provided by BlueChannel.com, and of course, we are sponsored by Illegal Pete's. For more information about Denver Diatribe or any of our guests or hosts, check out our website, DenverDiatribe.com. Search Denver Diatribe on Twitter or Facebook. I'm Jerry Kang Mayor. On behalf of my co-hosts, thanks for listening. Have you heard the birds at the words Denver? High average income, roll like big spenders. Affordable housing, good money lenders. Low obesity, no need for suspenders.